Hello and welcome to Ditching Hourly. I'm Jonathan Stark. Today I am joined by guest Colin Brown. Colin, welcome to the show. Hi, thanks, Jonathan. Hey, it's great to have you. So why don't we start off with you giving folks a little bit of background about who you are and what you do, uh, because this is going to be a very unusual episode. Uh, so I think it'd be important to have some good context first. All right, sure. Well, uh, I've actually been a fan of yours for probably seven or eight years, actually. I've been following your your work, your uh, hourly billing is nuts uh, work and have uh, have internalized it over these last several years um, in very uh, helpful ways. So I just wanted to say that first. Oh, good. Thanks. You've been really, um, you've had a, imp- a huge impact on my my uh, my side uh, jobs. <laughs> I haven't gone full time as a consultant, but it's really been very helpful for me um, as doing it on the side. So great, that's encouraging. I'll keep doing it. <laughs> <laughs> so um, so just yeah, wanted to give you some uh, shout out there. Appreciate. Um, and so I'm a web developer. That's what I do. I, I I do web development consulting on the side. I'm also I work full time. <clears throat> doing web development, front-end development. So on the side, I think I would classify myself as sort of a startup consultant. I, I work with different startups and um, get them going architecturally, like on the front-end and project-wise and set up with the teams and things like that. Uh, do We do some mobile app development, um, yeah, front end, a lot of front-end and design and user experience, product development, that kind of stuff. Hmm. So I've been doing a lot of that over the last several years um, with my side business uh, in front labs is what I call it. Cool. And um, and I've made uh, I started um, so moving into the project that I'm working on now, uh, like you mentioned, is is quite different from what you normally talk about. Um, I decided to start creating uh, banjo all star trading cards, so <laughs> cards that feature banjo players that I like. And by the way, I've been learning how to play the banjo for the last four years. And I grew up with banjo. So it's uh, bluegrass music and the banjo is something I've always been interested in. And um, just something sort of caught my interest around the trading card concept. And so last year, uh, around September, so really about six months, six months ago, I just started this project of creating uh, trading cards, yeah, that feature the banjo players that that I like. Cool. All right. Turn it into a little mini business. So. <laughs> All right. So let's stop. Pause there for a second. So, so you're uh, a bluegrass enthusiast yourself, a listener, uh-huh. and, and started learning how to play banjo. And there's, I mean, just to give, I mean, I'm a musician. And and went to music school and all that, but I don't have a sense. You know, Bela Flex probably the only one I know by name. So, how many banjo players are there? Like, like <laughs> that you are aware of? Are we there's talking just, about like ten or hundred? No, there's just three. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> uh, <there's>, uh, <laughs> um, yeah, hundreds, hundreds, and w- w- a lot more than I actually re- truly internalized or realized when I first started this project. You know, I grew up. Uh, with my dad playing banjo. And so I was really kind of growing up around what he listened to, you know, from the 80s, 70s and 80s. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, Bela Fleck was was someone he did listen to, by the way. Mm-hmm. Um, but he's he was not the only one. He, he was, he's kind of classified um, in the less traditional sense. Yeah, he's more fusion-y or something. There's um, yeah, more jazz and that kind of stuff. But he definitely has, you know, bluegrass roots. 
Um, but uh, he was taught by a guy named, uh, or partially taught by a guy named Tony Trishka, who's also quite uh, prominent in the bluegrass world. So he's one I wanted to feature. But I started this, um, like I said, about six months ago, thinking I would probably do about 24 cards, mm-hmm. feature 24 players. And I thought that that's probably good enough. Um, but as I started working on this more and it started picking up interest, um, I, I've now grown it to 42 cards. So I'm now at, uh, for the series one uh, trading cards, it's going to be 42 players. And mm. to be honest, I'm not, I have not even touched the the tip of the iceberg. There's just, there's just so many players that are distinctly talented and uh, deserve to be, you know, featured. So okay. I'll so, likely so, be doing a series two. Okay. Okay, great. Yeah. There's not a, there's not a, a supply problem with influential banjo players. Oh no. no. <laughs> cool. All right. Um, so you met you, I think you said, I think your words were, you know, started gaining interest or picking up steam. So you decided to do this. Uh, you started off with a small number of cards and, and increased the number, but when when interest seemed to pick up, but what was the, what was the first thing you did? You like, yeah, it's like this crazy idea. Like, <laughs> I mean, people, you know, speaking for myself, I have crazy ideas every day, pretty much. I don't act on the, a fraction of one percent of them. So, what was was there a particular thing that really captured your imagination here, or did you mention it to someone and they they gave you like what was the thing that got you to take the first real step, and what was the first real step? Well, first, it's a mind a mindset, to be honest, um, uh, or to put it another way. Um, I've, as a developer, I've been working with partners and friends on side projects for, for many years, uh, trying to build something that has lasting value, uh, like a SaaS product or, or something like some sort of development, um, you know, shopping, uh, e-commerce app or, or mobile apps. I just... I've been working on this kind of stuff for years where I, I have a strong desire to build something that um, is my, that I can call my own and, mm-hmm. you know, something I can sell or, you know, monetize. So my mind has been sort of primed for like opportunities uh, for a while. Mm-hmm. And the beginning of last year, a friend of mine and I, we developed a, a product, a community-based sort of product, kind of similar to Patreon. I don't need to go into the details of it, but um, we've spent a lot of time and uh, energy building this thing. And it just sort of, uh, it's still, we're still planning on doing something with it, but it kind of fizzled out. We're both not like strong marketing type people. Mm-hmm. And, but, you know, we have really good development skills and we're able to, to build a lot of these things. And, um, but it's basically a product that uh, I, I kind of let sit and, um, not really do anything with and just kind of disappointed that uh, just it didn't, you know, we just didn't have the time or the focus or whatever it was. Mm. You really give it the attention that it deserves. Right. So you had, you were really, you're, you're totally primed for this kind of thing. You you sort of took a swing and it's just like, ah, kind of petered out. Yeah. Okay. So you're like, you were like really feeling like I died. Yeah. I can, I can imagine not to put, you know, emotions in your head or words in your mouth, but I can imagine, oh, so excited about the possibilities there turned out to me, whatever, either harder or less interesting than we thought, but man, those possibilities were really cool. (laughs) Right. There's a sort of high you get, right. You probably are aware of that. And a little bit of a high you get from the the 
the possibilities of what you're building. And so I'm just kind of always looking for, you know, my mind is just sort of open to, you know, potential opportunities. Mm -hmm. And I started a, a Facebook group. I, I wanted to start a Facebook group that was devoted to teaching uh, beginning bluegrass musicians how to jam together mm. and uh, and me included. I, I'm a beginning musician myself. And so I wanted to um, be able, especially during the pandemic, uh, you can't really do these things in person. Um, and jamming is definitely a social in-person activity. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. um, and what I mean by jamming is, you know, you have a fiddle player, mandolin player, banjo player, all getting together, you know, in a circle and, and uh, doing songs, bluegrass songs mm -hmm. together. So I was thinking maybe there's something I could do virtually, like I can figure out how to do that virtually. And then I started a Facebook group to kind of see if I can drum up some interest in that area. Mm -hmm. And um, I started becoming friends with a lot of banjo players and musicians on Facebook. And it, there was just something about that experience of my Facebook profile being filled up with, you know, hundreds of banjo players, especially um, that I've just never known before. There's something about that that sort of triggered me into the trading card idea. Um, there was just something about the UI. I don't know what it was. I don't remember exactly. but. Um, the I, I just dawned on me it's like hey i wonder if there are trading cards for banjo players <laughs> and so there's another another group on facebook that i reached out to and i just posed a question this was back in may of last year posed a question i said hey does anyone know of any does this exist or not i would love to have them if they do I, let me know if i can where i can find them and then several people chimed in said hey i don't think there are anything like this exists there were some exceptions to that rule, but um, the the general consensus was uh, no, nothing like this exists. And then a few people chimed in and said, "Why don't you make them?" Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, "Whoa, you know, I do have a graphic design background, and I was thinking, well, maybe I could make them." And at that time, it was going to be just kind of D uh, DIY kind of method where I would, you know, use my inkjet printer with some cardstock and you know, laminate them myself and cut them out and, you know, maybe do 12 cards or, you know, you know right. It was a very low, low budget concept, but I knew I needed to do, um, I needed to, I wanted something a little bit more uh, high quality. Um, and so I knew I, I wanted to reach out to artists to be able to do the portraits for the front of the card. And I would do all the graphic design for the packaging and the back of the card. Mm -hmm. And um, I reached out to one artist and uh, we just kind of lost just because we were both so busy. It just kind of petered out. Uh, and then fast forward from May to about September, I found another artist on Facebook. Uh, her name was uh, her name is uh, George, Georgina Flood. She's out of Dublin. She does a lot of work on the on George Harrison and the Beatles and stuff. But there was something about her style that um, struck me as, as sort of inspirational. And I wanted, I, so I reached out to her and I said, hey, would you be will, willing to work with me? I'm thinking about doing 24, 24 of these cards. Would you be able to, would you be willing to work with me on these? Mm. And she jumped at the chance. She thought it was a really uh, great idea. And uh, we, we come, came up with a price to work on a few portraits. Mm -hmm. uh, her first portrait was um, Earl Scruggs, who's basically the father yeah. of uh, 
three finger five string banjo playing i have flat and scrugs so i take it back i know too <laughs> <laughs> there you go yeah so yeah vela is definitely influenced heavily by that stuff too um and then it dawned on me it's like well she had the bandwidth to do all all the cards but i was thinking it would be a lot easier if i reached out to more artists and so yeah that's pretty much the the how that project began i now have 10 artists that are working with me on 42 different cards um mm -hmm. probably on average about five or six each uh something like that i don't know maybe mm -hmm. less there's one who did two and yeah so okay and at this point i mean 10 artists it's got to be a non-trivial investment so am i correct like it's not a yeah the average portrait is about um, and it's it's really it's hard to make an average over over ten different artists, but just let's just say for uh, example sake, uh, six hundred dollars a piece. Hmm. Um, okay, so we're talking yeah. like a, a small car kind of investment. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah, and that, because I had I had side income coming in from the the uh, consulting that I was doing. Uh, thank you to you. <laughs> uh, not charging by the hour, <laughs> charging flat go. rates and stuff. Um, I did pretty well with that on the side, uh, some limit limitedness to that. Um, but uh, I was able to pay for um, some of this project. Uh, it definitely uh, when it was at 24 cards, I was I was self funding it. Um, mm -hmm. Since going up to 42 and and you did ask about the level of interest being in, increasing in this project. I did want to touch on that as well. Um, one of the things I did just to, as a quick um, diversion from the quick tangent. Mm -hmm. um, one of the things I did was a little more strategic. A lot of this has grown organically, like how, how it's evolved. But there was one thing I knew that I couldn't do on my own, and that was market market them, mm. like get, get people really drumming, getting interested in these. And one thing that I knew I needed to do was to reach out uh, to all the the musicians that I, I I'm featuring, yeah. uh, not just for marketing purposes, but for legal purposes. Yeah, I, I was going to ask. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so legally, I have to reach out to them and get their consent. And you know, for people like Earl Scruggs or another player, Alan Shelton who aren't with us anymore, um, I have to reach out to their family and get their get their written permission. Mm -hmm. So I created a release form that kind of a template that they all use. And, um, and I'm not, uh, that's just, I've never ever done anything like that in my life. So it's right. a very uncomfortable uh, situation to begin with. Um, but over time, after doing it, you know, 42 times, it's, uh, you start to build it, you get the patterns down and, you know, conversations are a little less awkward mm -hmm. over time. So mm -hmm. that's been helpful. So the idea was that um, by involving them, uh, they're all of everyone has been super happy and thrilled and enthusiastic about um, participating in this. And so mm -hmm. they're sharing when a portrait is completed, say of Carl Jackson or, you know, anyone, anyone else uh, who who's online, they're going to share that that portrait on their Facebook pages or Instagram or wherever mm -hmm. and let people know about this thing that they're involved with. And so that if it weren't for that, I don't I probably wouldn't be talking to you today. Right. right. Uh, so it's really I truly owe it to them uh, for for those uh, for sharing uh, my work with uh, and, you know, these these trading cards mm. uh, with their fans. 
So that's how the interest really picked up. And then media uh, outlets started picking up on that as well. And um, I was that's in the wild. newspaper and uh, in Bluegrass Today on the website. <laughs> that's so great. A couple radio radio interviews as well so it's starting to pick up some uh, in, a lot of interest interesting um, it, it, i don't want to put you on the spot but i'm curious if you could just tell me uh like an order of magnitude in terms of complexity how weird the the money got with any of the banjo players like did it are they all you know did they get weird about it or was it very easy and not a big deal for the majority vast majority you know maybe 41 of them went completely smooth. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, honestly, the difficult thing was um, we've had several uh, of the players that I was planning on featuring uh, pass away just this last year, oh, uh, all together in the same year. We had Sonny Osborne, J.D. Crow, um, uh, Bill Emerson, all of these players uh, I was in line to speak to. Actually, I did speak to J.D. Crow. Uh, a month before he passed, which was in December. He passed in December. I, I spoke with him in like October or November mm. and he was, uh, he was happy to be included. I, I've never had any real pushback uh, around any of this. Uh, there was one artist or one player I posted. Um, I never reached out to their family um, at this point. This was back in like October. I had one portrait done of uh, Doug Dillard and um I didn't, I didn't know if, you know, he, he passed away in, I, I don't know, seventies or eighties, something eighties. Mm -hmm. I don't know. I forget. Um, uh, he, uh, I didn't reach out to any of the family and then someone, I posted the image on my Facebook and then someone reached out to me who, who uh, represents his, um, his estate. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So we, we, dis we discussed this and had some good conversations and she turned out to be uh, a very uh, positive supporter of my, this project. And um, so we worked something out and uh, yeah, so he's, he's able to be included as a result. Mm -hmm. But other than that, yeah, it's been super smooth. Everyone's been really happy. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Word of the wise, don't spring stuff on people. <laughs> okay. And the, the biggest challenge right now though, is now that it's getting media attention, there is a little bit of a um, blessing and a curse to it because uh, mm -hmm. people don't know who I am. And, you know, so I'm not the only one and the, and the players aren't the only ones, you know, spreading this stuff around. And so like different news outlets are mentioning it. And so it's getting shared sort of more organically around social media. And so people don't know who I am, like I said, and mm -hmm. they don't really know the origins of this project or why I'm doing it. You know, my dad was a banjo player. I really, it's really all about that, you know, the, my musical background and, you know, with my family, my mom being an artist and stuff. Mm -hmm. I'm not some big corporate <laughs> entity. Yes, and so there's a, there's a sort of misconception uh, that people have and they mean well, but, you know, if there are hundred, if I were to, if I were to um, include all of the players that people claim I'm, you know, are mad or uh, a little, I wouldn't say mad, but um, uneasy. I don't know what the right word is, but uneasy about me, quote unquote, excluding certain players. Oh, um, if I were I to see. add, uh, I would need at least $50,000 in another year or two if I were to include all of the players that um, 
people have said I needed to include. <laughs> right, because you've kind of curated the top 42, I think you said, in, yeah. in, your, in your mind. And it's like, it's like, oh, how could well, you not? It's like, not even, well, it's not, it's, it's more organic. It's more like lucky. The 42 that I have has not been a really deliberate search. So I, I was only, you know, not when in the beginning, I don't know anybody. I don't know any of the players, right? So there's a sort of uphill um, battle that I have to fight in order to get them involved. I, how, how, how am I going to reach them, for instance, right? They have agents and they have layers in between them in order for me to, to get in touch with them, right? So it just I, it's more of a, a snowball effect. So I reach out, I finally get to one, but then that one is able to get me in touch with others. You know what I mean? Right. And so... So a lot of the players are a result that I've chosen. The, the 42 are a result of me just sort of um, connecting the dots. So one player will say, hey, I'm recommending this other player. You really need to include this player. And I'll, and I'll be like, yeah, very, very happy to include them. And they would get me in touch with them. And so right. it's the path of sort of the least resistance to, to really start including oh, wow. the recommended players. And so I'm really lucky to have the 42 so it's really not about who I excluded, but the fact that I, I was able to even include the 42 is is, um, is a miracle to me, so. <laughs> gotcha, yeah, real real organic. You're sort of crawling their social network. It's not like, you know, Rolling Stone top 100 banjo players of all time. Right. Right, it's like, it's more like who and can so you get people in touch are a with? little bit upset about that, you know. Yeah. Uh, that I don't have like a, a, a um, you know, a, what do you call it? Like when the, you know, the people who do the award ceremonies, they have full <laughs> boardrooms of, and <laughs> people yeah, exactly. figure out who to, who to select. And that's just not me, you know? Right. So. Right. All right. So, so it sounds like there were a bunch of things. It must've taken a long time to get in touch with all those people. So uh, what was the next, what was the next um, process that you started after you started reaching out to the artists? You've got the, you've got, I'm sorry, that when I say artists, I mean the banjo players. So you've got yeah. artists, visual or whatever, painters or something, making the artwork for the cards. And then you start this process of getting release paperwork from the banjo players. And I'm sure both of these things are sort of playing out over time. And like, what was the next thing that you did to, I think you mentioned that you did pre-sales at some point. Where did that happen in the timeline? Okay, yeah, that was uh, pretty pretty soon after I started. Uh, after I got at least two or three portraits completed, um, you know, the Earl Scruggs was done, so I was able to use those uh, portraits as sort of marketing to kind of present, "Hey, this is what I'm doing," mm -hmm. starting to drum up some interest with those portraits, and they, you know, they look pretty cool. So <laughs> um, people are like, "Wow," you know, and uh, and so I just used it a little bit for advertising to let people know what's coming and then around uh i think november is when i decided to flip the switch for pre-sales mm -hmm. yeah november, okay. november and where did you did you do was that like a kickstarter type of thing or were you no i just did a shopify store and uh put up a product you know put up some images and a mm -hmm. description and i have a um and i built my own you know i built my own website but then just for the front page because yeah. I have more control over the design, but then the actual shopping experience is through Shopify. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, <clears throat> and so what does someone, just from a product standpoint, what does someone buy, like some number of, of 
individual cards or do they buy a pack like i'm i'm not really a, they buy, was, yeah it's going to be in packs okay. i'm going to be doing and this is a number that i've been sort of toying around with for the for the whole time like how many packs should i be printing yeah uh, it was a big question and uh you know when i first started i was thinking maybe uh oh i'll just print up like 500 cards <laughs> mm -hmm. and the the printer that i was i'm working with convinced me to do 5000 yeah that's and, i agree uh, yeah because if you're so, selling them in packs it's like you know you, i meant did i say cards i meant uh i meant uh 500 packs okay yeah i was going to do 500 packs and in the okay. beginning a pack meant like six cards mm -hmm. with a total of 24 cards mm -hmm. so that's quite a bit smaller than uh, what it is today um, yeah so a pack will be about it'd be eight cards and then with of those eight cards there's going to be one limited edition card nice. that's going to be foil printed nice. and that'll be like a player that's um you know, commemorative like JD Crow or Sonny Osborne. Mm. And uh, so you don't know, you, you'll buy a pack, you don't know what you're getting. It's like a blind. Oh, no, you don't. But I mean, there's only 42 total. So uh, uh, st kind of statistically, or, you know, on average, if you were to buy 12 packs, because there's there's one commemorative card per pack, one mm -hmm. limited edition card per pack, mm -hmm. and there are 12 limited edition cards. So if you bought 12 packs, you're likely to get all of the all of the cards. You'll have some doubles, but at least you'll have all of them. <laughs> yeah, so I mean the the you'll have ninety six total, not forty two total. Well, so here's I mean, and they're called trading cards, right? So you end up with it's good to have doubles. That's kind of yeah. the fun of it. It's so, part of the fun. Yeah, mm -hmm. and so the, um, that's why I'm not going to be selling. Oh, here's the whole forty two. Here's the forty set of forty two. No, I might no. down the road if if people are banging down my door for them, but um. I'm going to be selling uh, sets of 12. So there'll be a pack with a display box that has 12 packs in them and they're guaranteed to be the, the complete set. Right. That makes sense. Okay. So, uh, all right. So what's next? Like where, what happens? It sounds yeah. like, it sounds so like, I reached, yeah, keep going. Yeah. So I reached out to you because I, uh, I don't know what I'm not. A, I wasn't a hundred percent sure what sure what I was gonna uh, do. Um, mm -hmm. The next stage. Um, number one, I do have some particular goals, mm -hmm. uh, and that is to pay off the debt that I'm in as sure. a result of this. So <laughs> sure. I'll just tell you when this is all said and done, I'll be probably about forty k in, and I'm not a, afraid to be that transparent about it. Yeah. That's about what I would guess. Yeah, this is like a non-trivial undertaking. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I, I'm not 100% certain. I mean, there's a lot of enthusiasm and people are excited about these cards. And they're, and I've already sold uh, 550 packs pre-sale. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, between November and now, you know, it's not a untrivial, non-trivial uh, amount of cards for, for something you're not even getting until, you know, in April 2022. Yeah, it's wild. It's I mean, it's a great sign if you and if the pre-sale is any indication, you'll sell you sold. Sorry, you said 500 and 500 yeah. plus packs, not cards. Yeah, packs, packs. OK, I say cards again. Uh, don't know. Maybe I, I say cards a lot when I do mean packs. Yeah. OK, so, you know, if you I mean, nobody's got a crystal ball, but if you can sell 500 plus you're definitely going to go through 5,000 because once people have them in their hands and they're sharing pictures of the physical thing in their social media and, you know, and probably you, you take, um, 
hundred or or maybe even five hundred of the five thousand and send them to you for free to influencers, people in the I don't know in the music uh, uh, journalism space or people who are well placed in the bluegrass space or someone who runs like yeah. I don't know if there's like a trade association or something. But but you send them out and say hey compliments I just wanted to let you, compliments of me I just wanted to let you know that these exist and I hope you enjoy them and maybe here's a you know here's a hashtag uh, a social media hashtag that you can use to um, you know connect with other people who have them in case you want to trade or whatever. Hmm. So yeah, that's a good idea. So yeah, I, I would be definitely giving away like at least a hundred packs to. to I'm, the- I'm definitely giving all the players that I'm working with. Um, and all the artists, you know, uh, they're getting packs sure, for sure. Sure. Um, but also the, the one thing that the, many of the players ask for from the beginning is the ability to sell these at their events, uh, you know, at a wholesale oh. price. So I did, there is a, there is a wholesale angle to this. Um, oh, and I don't, that's huge. You know, so, yeah. yeah so, that's huge. Okay, cool. So there is definitely a wholesale. I don't know if I want to, what percentage am I going to sell, you know, at wholesale at the moment I've, um, I've allocated of the 5,000 packs. I, I, I reserved 1250 packs, uh, to be shared among the, the players, uh, to sell, um, mm. at, a, at a wholesale price. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the wholesale price was, has varied over time, but now it's, um, I've now set on a particular, on one solid number that I've been sharing and I'm not, uh, afraid to share. Maybe I won't share it, but, um, <laughs> but the wholesale price is available for them and they've been really happy about that. But it, you know, if, if all 42 of my players, whether it's the actual player or their family took me up on the offer, that would average about uh, 30 packs per player, uh, at 1250 packs you know mm-hmm. so that's not really that many it's not a meaningful yeah. number um yeah. you know if they made you know what are they gonna make 200 bucks or something you know, I don't know right but they'll need more than that i mean i don't know how much these people are playing but presumably i mean i went to a flex show in the 90s and it was like you know there's definitely 1500 people there so you know and and a merch table with t-shirts and bandanas and mugs and everything and like it, it would just slot in there perfectly uh, you could probably sell a pack for thirty bucks. So you know, at the show, right? Maybe there's a maybe sell signed ones, or there's like so many possibilities. Um, maybe what sell what signed ones? Like you could, you know, it's oh like right, a, yeah, they want to sign them for sure. Yeah, yeah. And the other thing is, um, there I am printing up individual cards. If if a player asks me, they want their own card. Yeah. Then I'll print. I'll work with a printer, and I do that at cost for them. Mm-hmm. So I'm not making any profit on that. Um, I, you know what I love about this is that it it answers the earlier question I had about like if anybody got weird about the money. Um, but th- this is great because you did all the legwork to create what could be a, a thriving little cottage industry. They didn't have to do anything other than have a successful career and you know all that. But but they didn't have to do anything for this new potential revenue stream for them. To, to sell signed trading cards on their website for 50 bucks each, you know, I'm sure you're, they're not paying you 50 bucks for a, a trading card, you know? Yeah. So, and so. the portraits that I'm doing too, uh, from the very beginning, I knew that, um, I mean, even just for practical purposes, I'm not going to hold on to all these paintings, but uh, just as a, because these are my heroes, 
I wanted to give them a gift. So I'm giving out for all the players, I'm giving them their, the original painting. (gasps) Their actual paintings. Oh, their paintings. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, wow. Are you going to show this on YouTube or or not? But I have uh, sitting behind me is a bunch of the portraits that were shipped to me. Yeah. yeah, I saw those when we first logged in. I didn't realize those were, I I don't know. I just figured those were pronounced or something. So, wow, that is so cool. Yeah. These are portraits. Now that the, the, the catch is not, not really a catch. It's kind of a strong word, but uh, I told them that, um, that I, um, I plan on doing a showing of all of the portraits when they're done. Yeah. And uh, because they just look, so amazing together. I, it, my, that was not my original intention. That's something else that sort of just happened uh, that just inspired me is that when the paintings started coming into my house and I was hanging them up, it made me realize, oh, <laughs> they need to stay together <laughs> or at least for a little while yes. they need to stay together. And uh, so I'm going to, I'm definitely playing with the idea of doing a showing and it's probably going to be at the uh, at a, a uh, an event called IBMA, mm-hmm. International uh, Bluegrass Music Association. Cool. And it's every year around September, early October, or something like that, mm-hmm. in uh, Raleigh, North Carolina. Mm-hmm. And um, so a lot of a lot of people there uh, every year. It's an awards thing. They give out awards to you know banjo players, mandolin bands, and stuff like that. So I'm probably going to do an exhibit there, a large exhibit, mm-hmm. uh, have a booth, you know, that's quite a nice size to, to be able to show all the, the portraits. And I'd like to have um, a lot of merchandise there to sell, not just the cards. So that's the other thing I wanted to see, figure out ways to expand into is how can I merchandise some of these things and work with the different, the players to come up with, you know, posters and stickers and yeah exactly shirts and stuff um and give them you know not just make the money for myself but this is really a product almost like i'm working for them Mm -hmm. a service that i'm doing for them you Mm -hmm. know Um, yeah yeah i mean my brain's exploding with ideas everything from you could you could get a sort of like some some kind of collage of all the paintings and sell everything from like posters to puzzles there's like on the one end and on the other end like you know nft drop in three two one with with royalties going to the artists i mean there's like the 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 piece that you facilitated the act of creation first of all the idea and then follow through to the point of getting the paintings made there's like a dozen things you could do easily easily you know it would be work but when i say easily i mean they're obvious right um and the angle of providing the stuff at cost or maybe a tiny markup just for headaches and whatnot or or Mm. or returns a tiny markup to the artists themselves who have their own audiences it's it's good for them it's you know it's good for the um the community whatever you know the enthusiasts and you're doing a cool thing. Hopefully you'd be making enough on the the margin. Like maybe you're the one that has the deal with the puzzle, the puzzle company, but you know, and you get some kind of deal from, I don't know who makes puzzles, but uh, you know, that would be so cool. I would completely do that. Like we do puzzles every, every year on new year's Eve. Cause we're born. Oh, wow. 
Yeah. I never thought of doing a puzzle, but uh, it's funny because my wife and I we do we do puzzles every now and then, and we don't you know we kind of get sucked into them. And I yeah. didn't even think of, think of that as a as a as a thing. So. Yeah, it'd be great. It'd be so cool. And uh, but obviously posters, you could do like um, you could do like uh, a really fancy framed you know physical framed um, you know display. It's not not a case. I mean, it would be something you would hang, but you could do a really elaborate, you know, for five grand, you know, it, it, of, of like, and it's not that you're, it's the presentation or the, the arrangement of the thing. Yeah. And people that are, people that are into it that don't want to go through the, they just want to write a check and, and have it. And they don't want to go through like, Oh, let me buy 12 packs and then I'll piece it together. And then I'll get a mat cut and do all, do all that stuff. You know, the convenience layer, it would be, potentially really cool and there's like no and t-shirt like i know i that's what sort of paralyzes me to be honest yeah like i don't I, the the thing you know about this process is that everything has sort of happened as a leap of faith mm -hmm. you know without too much anxiety over what should i do what should i do what should i do you know mm -hmm. it's just sort of like i kind of kind of keep my you know what is the saying ear to the ground a little bit and mm -hmm. just sort of let things come my way that that seem obvious and logical mm -hmm. um and just sort of maybe and then just build on that yeah you know? yeah and, uh, it's right but because so it is right. a little bit it's it is uh, a little bit paralyzing to kind of think of all the the things because now well which one do i do you know yeah, totally. um, and then the other thing uh when i when i reached out to you at um that that time i was seriously considering doing some kind of subscription service. I'm less keen on that now, but uh, at the time I was thinking maybe that was some way to, to make this work. And, you know, going back to my background uh, as a web developer, e-commerce, and my friend and I, we've always been wanting to do some sort of SaaS subscription type of thing. Right. So that's always been on the back of my mind is like, how can I do some kind of monthly income service? And, you know, I was thinking about doing that with the, the cards where, Series one would wrap up, but then I would follow that up with a subscription service where every month I send you another card. You know, mm -hmm. there are hundred, at least a hundred other players, banjo players that um, that people are are screaming at me that they'd like to see, <laughs> but I, I want to see them too. And I, it's unfortunate that, that I wasn't able to get to them. Yeah. And so you know, um, but if I had some sort of subscription service, I, I might, you know, I I could be able, I would be able to do like you know send out a monthly card and maybe some posters or discounts along with that subscription you know to posters and mm -hmm. discounts in my my store and stuff like that mm. maybe i don't know i was that thinking like about it yeah i was thinking about it and um it kind of defeats the purpose of the, the trading card concept yeah i agree because if everyone's getting the same card every month then you're not really you're not you don't need to trade right so yeah it doesn't doesn't it feels out of alignment um, there could be something There could be, yeah, I, I, I don't feel the subscription. I love the subscription model. Uh, I think if you were, if you were going to leverage this into other things, which is another, yet another uh, vector you could take, it, it could be something like, um, I mean, this is, this is insane and it probably doesn't, it wouldn't be what you would want to do, but it, it could be like Netflix for people into banjo players, like banjo, banjo all-stars, uh, desktop concert series or something and and you know every periodically once or twice a month or something you get a new 
remote, like you were talking about before, like a remote concert mm. where a particular banjo player maybe does a solo piece or um, right or oh, almost like a masterclass thing. Where I was they thinking talk that. About, yeah. And then if, you know, maybe you record 10 of them, like real high end masterclass of like these people telling their story and 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 you launch with that and it's like nine bucks a month or something and and you do another interview every month or two i don't know if that would be enough content to keep people subscribed but um you know yeah it's an interesting idea the event sort of doing like events because that that on the card on the back of the card it says well my company name i created a company around this called bluegrass trading company Mm -hmm. and on the back of the card it says bluegrass trading company presents Mm -hmm. uh, banjo all-stars right Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. And the, the presents sort of made me think, oh, what if I got into like the event space or something? Right. Yeah. That's <laughs> another, another vector, right? You could have yeah. a, you know, bluegrass trading company um, show, right? Like a physical in-person, you know, hopefully someday. Yeah. But the, uh, uh, but even at, like you said, even if it were virtual or something, right. Where you, a mm-hmm. subscription based thing, mm-hmm. live events or something too. Yeah. Uh, yeah, the subscription um, I, thing feels that feels like a stretch. The closest thing I can think of that I that feels like it might be interesting would be some kind of like um, membership, not not a subscription so much as like a loyalty thing, where maybe they pay once a year to be in the fan club. But the artists are going to have these on their own, so yeah. I would think it feels like the wrong point in the. It feels like the wrong place to put something like that. But you could imagine something yeah. like. Um, you know, you've got your uh, Bluegrass Trading Company. Is that what you said? Bluegrass Trading Company? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I love that name. So Bluegrass Trading Company badge or something. And when they go to um, events that you sponsor or something, then they get in for free or they get backstage or they get, um, you know, it'd be like a fan club across all, it'd be like a banjo fan club uh, mm-hmm. instead of a, spe- a specific fan club for, but I'm really, this is a real stretch. I don't think this would be, is a great idea. It's too weird. Um, it could but, be, it could be used for outreach, like brand awareness, mm-hmm. sponsoring different events, and then I would give out, you know, coupons or or something like that to get in either for free or at a discount or something like that. Yeah, something like that, that could work well for brand awareness if I have the the budget for it. <laughs> yeah, it feels it, it's. I'm just trying to I'm trying to explore this sort of subscription space. I'm not finding much stuff there. I think that idea that I just had is not that great. Um, but you could go in another the, direction completely and do and become a, a little bit more of, you know, you could you could branch out to fiddle after banjo or you could do. Well, let yeah, me touch ahead. on that really quick. Um, there was a lot of talk around, you know, what, you know, a lot of people are saying sort of the logical next step. Oh, are you going to do mandolin or, you know, mm-hmm. fiddle or cards? And uh I'm passionate about bluegrass music. So whether it's mandolin or fiddle or banjo, of course, but I realized that uh, there's a lot of work to do. There's this project, the banjo specific project is not done. Mm-hmm. So there's, there's one thing I know I, I need to do, and that is do a series two for, for banjo players. Mm-hmm. There's just, it's just an un the 42 is just, just not enough. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's people want, want to see more. And I get that. Yeah, you're so getting know literal, not, demand. <laughs> literal <yeah>. demand. Literal <laughs> demand. You know, people pay, companies pay big bucks for the kind of feedback that I'm getting. Yeah. <laughs> the hate, even the the most, you know, sort of critical ones, 
you know, companies pay for that kind of feedback too, right? Because it's valuable. Uh, yes. And so where there's emotion involved in the feedback, that to me means that, you know, I can do something with that. Right. You know, and people are saying, hey, why don't you include this? And well, I mean, I will mm-hmm. uh, make sure you're around for series two, you know? Right, right. It, don't. And so, so that's the one thing, if I were to um, narrow down my focus a little bit on all the possibilities, the one thing I, I definitely want to do is a series two. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the difference between series two and series one, though, is that I had the money and some credit card, you know, credit cards now to pay for um, series one. Right. You know, but with series two, I'm, I'm a bit, you know, out now. <laughs> so right. uh, I have to rely on uh, when these ship in April to, to be able to make, pay off some debt and, and then be able to fund the next series. And I want the next series to be even bigger than series one, because I've learned a lot along the way. And I, there's there are certain things that I'd like to do uh, with series two that is going to be a little more expensive even than than the forty about forty that I've already paid mm-hmm. that I'm paying for on series one. Mm. You know, so now I'm kind of figuring out ways to um, get funding for that. So whether that's like maybe a Kickstarter or um, you know I don't know yet. So I haven't really figured that out, but I definitely I need to do it. I need to do a series two. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, ideally, of course, you'd get it from selling those 5,000 packs. (laughs) So Right. Or the other things that I have in mind, like posters and shirts and stuff. Right. Yeah. I feel like I feel like the merch stuff's really obvious and that stuff's probably a lower lift. Maybe it's maybe it's a bit bigger lift if you want to do really quality stuff. But, you know, you can go to like Teespring or whatever and um, I don't know. I'm using, I I did print up one shirt uh, for a player named Snuffy Jenkins. (laughs) He's, he's a big hero of many of the the players, other players that I've, I've featured. Mm -hmm. And uh, he's, he's from, he's from years ago, years ago. He's more of an old time player, but Mm -hmm. I made some shirts uh, and uh, I'm using a service called Printful. Mm -hmm. So it's print print on demand. It seems. And I, I gave out 10 of those um to different people online to to help to help uh, evaluate the the end-to-end service of using yeah. a, a third party to print them and ship them and do all the fulfillment and everything mm-hmm. and that turned out well so i'll cool. be selling those in you know in earnest yeah so i don't know if, how over the top this might be but i could imagine a situation when you've got the stuff ready or maybe you do the you do the uh, gallery show at the at the trade show with all of the paintings and then you, you know, this this is over the top, but if you could travel to the banjo player, present the, you know, the, the painting to them and film like a high quality interview while you're there, say, hey, you know, I'd like to come and, you know. Uh, oh, right. You know, and then all of those interviews, I mean, like, I don't know, maybe it turns into, maybe the interviews turn into a coffee table book or Ken Burns picks it up and wants to do a bluegrass documentary or something. Oh, interesting. interesting. Yeah, I mean, there's so many things you could do to it. And so the thing that you I will have, I, yeah, the thing that you'll have that is maybe fairly unique, maybe fairly unique, is goodwill, access to all of these players and goodwill from this partnership that you've created uh, is just so much goodwill, right? And you'll be uniquely positioned to like do a banjo all stars like giant jam session, like. Live right. banjo edition, right? I mean, 
it's almost like you've got, I'm sure agents and stuff and people in the industry have this kind of access, but um, you're coming at it from a completely different place. So, you know, you're not this like grizzled industry veteran. Um, right. And, and you've demonstrated that you can like make something out of nothing. Like you made something happen out of nothing. So that that's like a very specific kind of person that's tough to find. So there might be, I mean, the players might have some ideas. So like, you know, maybe ask the players, like, what would be cool? What, what do you think would be cool? I've got a bunch of different ideas. I'd love to kind of brainstorm with you, you know, like maybe all they really, maybe all they really care about is like not getting left out, being in the list of this cool thing that's happening, you know, being included and not excluded and, and, you know, an extra revenue stream of March for their, at their shows and on their, their fan club and their website or whatever. Maybe that's all they care about. Or maybe they, they pro- it sounds like a lot of them are pretty old. So it might there might be sort of a legacy thing that's on their mind that mm-hmm. you could you could help them execute against you know like like um God, i mean like like uh like lessons almost like them them as a group like one by one by one you going through and saying like hey i'm a i'm a novice banjo person i want to record your technique for the ages so that it's not forgotten um, I'm sure they've done some of this at like, I don't know, like whatever, if there's a NAM show for, for banjo players, I'm sure there's some of that out there, but to kind of document their story and their technique from a, from a player perspective, mm-hmm. not like a who their influences are. Yeah. And, and so that future banjo players will know, you know, the kind of stuff that I wish I knew about Jimi Hendrix, but I can't, that doesn't exist. So, you know, who knows, maybe there is a sort of a masterclass angle there where we're as a player you talk to these players and, and get there, you know, why do you, why do you do it like that? How did you come up with the three finger thing? Or like, you know, you know, Scruggs isn't around anymore, but these three people knew him. So, right. right. So there, there could be almost documentary like, but for musicians, like actual players, not fans. That might yeah, be. Yeah. Or even cool. maybe like a podcast or something, huh? Yeah. Could be. Dude, it's I a mean, podcast. it would lend itself to an audio format really well. It would be, it would be really nice. I mean, obviously it would probably, 10x the the cost to do like some kind of a video thing but right where um, i would have to travel and show up probably uh, definitely would be better in person yeah it's even, more more intimate uh, agreed yeah so you know i know we both got a hard stop coming up quick um but this is really exciting there's i i think you're i think you've identified your main problem is there are too many good ideas there are too many good <laughs> next steps um but I, I guess the thing i would emphasize my favorite part about this story for the listener I think it's less about like how to monetize this thing and like make it self-sustainable and all that. It's more about having a crazy idea, getting enough feedback to convince yourself that there could be something there and then following through, making the investment. And I mean, it's, it hasn't even been a year, right? No, just about six months. Yeah. So six months and 40 grand. That's, that's non-trivial, but but look at all the things it potentially unlocks. It, it unlocks so much potential stuff. It just is really a question of executing against those things. Like how do you fund those things, pick the right ones? Um, yeah. 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 Thank you. Yeah. It's, it's <laughs> big, lots of surprises and, you know, moving, moving parts. And uh, I'm really excited. Like what you said is the fact that I executed on something and, um, and delivered, you know, that's, something I've always kind of dreamed of. So, and it cool. kind of, kind of fell in my lap. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, it wasn't, it wasn't all luck. That's for sure. 
Yeah. Um, well, definitely keep me in the loop. I know uh, we're in touch over email, but I'll I'll update people when like the the you know I don't you probably have pre sales now. I can put links in the show notes and stuff. Mm -hmm. um, but pre sales uh, yeah. are uh, by the way they're they're about fourteen bucks a pack cool. uh, uh, through through the end of this month. Um, cool. When at the end of this month, I send everything to the printer, mm -hmm. and then uh, he promises to get everything to me. Uh, by April, and in, in which case I'll be shipping everything out in April. So, and at, in April the price goes up to. Uh, I mean, in March the price will go up to twenty per pack. Mm -hmm. Cool. You'll be you'll be seeing my name on an order form. Oh, cool. <laughs> <laughs> well, then this this uh, interview paid for itself. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. Um, cool. All right. So, just to make sure, in case you haven't mentioned it yet or mentioned it enough, where can people go to find out more about everything that you're doing? So my website is bluegrasstradingcompany.com and then company is just spelled with C-O, not the full spelled company, just bluegrasstradingco.com. And then I'm on Instagram and, and uh, on Facebook as well. Instagram has a, a good feed for all, so you can see all the different portraits. Mm. Uh, I post all the portraits there and it looks, it's nice and organized in a way where you can just kind of see all of them together. Cool. So, great, great work. All right, folks, that's it for this week. I'm Jonathan Stark, and I hope you join me again next time for Ditching Hourly. Bye. Hey, Jonathan again. Do you have questions about how to improve your business? Things like value pricing your work instead of billing for your time, or positioning yourself as the go-to person in your space, or maybe productizing your services so you never have to have another awkward sales call or spend hours writing another custom proposal. Book a one-on-one -on -one coaching call with me and get answers to these questions and others in the time it takes you to get ready for work in the morning. Best of all, you're covered by my 100% satisfaction guarantee. If at the end of the call you don't feel like it was worth it, just say the word and I'll refund your purchase in full. To book your one-on-one -on -one coaching call, go to jonathanstark.com call, C-A-L-L. That URL again is jonathanstark.com call. Hope to see you there.